Welcome to Respect Life Radio. My name is Deacon Jeff Bennett with Catholic Charities, the Archdiocese of Denver. Remember, you can listen to all of our shows at respectliferadio.com. Coming up is the second of two parts from the 2021 Gospel Life presentation in Colorado. The title of the talk from Kathy Roos is Parents Fight Back, Radical Sex Ed in Schools. Even people who suffer from disorders of sexual development, which is wrongly called intersex, they, they never present a third sex. It is medically and scientifically impossible to change your sex because every nucleated cell of our bodies, and there are about 100 million of them, contain sex chromosomes. That, that means every internal organ in our body is either male or female. That includes our brains. There's no such thing as a female brain in a male body. That's pure propaganda. Here's some more propaganda from the anti-Christian human rights campaign, the largest, richest transgender lobby in the world. They train teachers to use psychological reconditioning techniques with the youngest of children to cause them to question their sex. They do, um, I mean, classic psychological techniques like giving them things, scripts to say like, I used to think, but now I know, fill in the blank. It's a blank you don't, you don't want to see with the way they fill it in. Um, here's propaganda from the National Education Association, the largest teacher lobby in the nation. This poster is on many, many classroom walls. This is a safe and affirming space for transgender students and their allies. Bully free starts with me. What is the message to students? It's clear. Either you affirm the lie that some children are born in the wrong body, or you're a bully. It's, they're swimming in it. Okay, a word about bathrooms. The bathroom wars, it's not about bathrooms. It's about power and politics. But activists were very clever, trans activists, and they claim that students are being harassed and discriminated against because they can't use the bathroom that matches their identity. Just let the child go to the bathroom. And then we're the bad guys that won't let the child go to the bathroom. But rather than address each case individually, which schools were doing on the rare occasion that it came up, in ways that respected the rights and needs of all students, no, nope. They demand system-wide changes, system-wide changes to the entire school. The only way to create a safe environment, they say, is to change the whole school environment. Born in the wrong body lessons, forced use of false pronouns, school-wide affirmation of transgender identity, open all private spaces, and sports teams to the opposite sex. Now, all of these so-called solutions are fraught with problems. Some of them are unconstitutional. Whoops. Ah! Okay, this is kind of a funny slide I found. 911, what are your pronouns? But forced speech is very serious. Not only is coerced speech a violation of the First Amendment of the Constitution, it's also a recognized form of psychological manipulation, according to my friend Stella Morbito, who's a Soviet propaganda expert her whole life. And what Stella does, she writes and speaks on this too. She explains that this is propaganda, classic, and it's being used to manipulate children, and especially, and children are easy to manipulate when it comes to forced speech. Why? Because failure to conform to forced speech mandates like this carries the threat of social isolation, which is uncomfortable for anybody, but it's terrifying for a child, utterly terrifying. Now, 
This manipulation is not limited to students. This is um, Tanner Cross, a French teacher in a rural county in Fairfax, King William County. And he was fired for refusing to use false pronouns for a child. The story is, or the facts are, I should say, after Christmas break, one of Mr. Vlaming's girl students returned from break and said, I am now a boy, and he, or I'm a boy, and this is my new name, male name. So Mr. Vlaming explained to the school that as a Christian, he believes God made humans male and female, and that a boy can't become a girl, or a girl can't become a boy. He told the school he was willing to use the child's new masculine name, but he could not use a false pronoun. He would need to avoid using pronouns altogether because to use a false pronoun would be to deny God's purposeful design and indeed to deny God himself, and that he couldn't do. He was fired by unanimous vote of the school board. In 2019, he sued the board and his case is still underway. He's seeking a million dollars in damages and I say he should have gone for 10. Now, each one of these sweeping changes demanded by the transgender pressure groups is fraught with problems, but there's one fundamental problem underlying all of them, and that is that they ignore the fact that the vast majority of children who experience sex confusion grow out of it. According to the American Psychological Association, up to 98% of boys and up to 88% of girls who experience sex confusion grow out of it after naturally passing through puberty. So when a child expresses sex confusion, the adults around him have a choice in how to respond. Watchful waiting or affirmation and transition are the two competing approaches. Watchful waiting acknowledges the reality of the child's current suffering, but remembers that the vast majority of children will grow out of it. Trans activists call this approach bigoted. They demand affirmation and transition. Affirmation requires that adults lie to children, telling them they really are the opposite sex, using opposite sex names and pronouns, allowing or even encouraging female dress and makeup for boys, cropped hair and breast binders for girls. This is social transition, which is followed by hormonal transition, involving monthly injections of puberty blockers for children as young as 10 years old. Cross-sex hormones are given a few years later, which force the body to develop secondary sex characteristics, like the growth of beards on females and lower register in their voices, which, by the way, is permanent. That doesn't, when you, that, that is not reversible. The final step is surgical tr transition, which is now called by the Orwellian term surgical affirmation, in which healthy organs are cut off. Now, all of this, all of it is dangerous to children. All of it is experimental. Puberty blockers for sex transition are an off-label use. They've never been tested or approved by the FDA for this use. The changes forced by cross-sex hormones can be permanent, I mentioned. These drugs can, make, can and do make young people sterile for life. They permanently stunt their growth. My little daughter, Gigi, who is not little anymore because she had like a four-inch growth spurt and she's now taller than I am as of last week, which is very humiliating. Um, her growth spurt at age 12 is common. 
That's when kids, boys have a growth spurt slightly later. That growth spurt is stunted for these kids who are on these experimental drugs. And this is height they can't return, they, they never can get back. And just the other day, I was having lunch with my mother and sister, and we went to a coffee shop, and we could see a poor soul who was transgender, who appeared very short, extremely short. And just the proportions weren't right. I'm sorry, but I'm just what I'm reporting. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this poor soul had probably had intervention early and, and lost all, all of the growth spurt that she should have had. It's ghoulish what we're doing to kids. Breast, breast binders can crack ribs. Phalloplasties can cause women to have to urinate through their anuses. Vaginoplasty creates an open wound that is never allowed to heal. Now, oops, uh, consider what is really happening here. School children are cavalierly encouraged to explore their own identities. Oh, you might be in the wrong body. Oh, you like sports? Well, you might have a different identity. And when these kids try on these new identities, everyone around them in their school environment is forced to lie to them and say, oh yes, this is the real you. You really are a boy. What chance does this child have to experience that natural resolution, to ever accept her bodily sex? Aren't we, aren't they trapping these children in the wrong transgendered bodies? Now, the night that Fairfax County scrubbed male and female from its curriculum, a transgender pressure group called GLSEN, Gay, Lesbian, Sexuality, Education Network, crowed to the Washington Post that public schools in California and Northern Virginia are their laboratories for these transgender policies. Yes, and what does that make the kids? Yeah, it makes them the lab rats. Now, I want to spend a moment about one other group of people that's being manipulated and bullied, and that is the parents. Parents are told they must affirm their child's sex confusion no matter what. No matter what that science tells us, that the vast majority of children will grow out of it. Um, I'm going to skip this because I don't want to go too long. Well, no, maybe. All right, what's happening in Virginia is, is beginning to happen everywhere, so maybe it's worth spending a minute on it. So last year, our Democrat-controlled legislature passed a law mandating, mandating transgender policies in every public school. My particular county of Fairfax started this in 2015, which is when I woke up. Um, but for the rest of the recalcitrant, recalcitrant districts, they now are forced to do it by state law. And the model regulations tell school personnel that they must there's the regulations. I'll read. They must affirm a child's transgender identity at school without telling parents. And they must report parents to Child Protective Services if the parents are not affirming. Here's the language. School staff should be prepared to support the safety and welfare of transgender students when their families are not affirming. Whenever school personnel suspect that a student is at risk of abuse or neglect by their parent due to their transgender identity, they should report those concerns to Child Protective Services immediately. What does not affirming mean? Not giving your son a dress? Not buying your daughter breast binders? What does neglect mean? Not using your child's newly invented pronouns? The left is weaponizing every government agency within its means against parents because parents are the enemy. 
whenever they can, they are pushing parents to affirm, 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 because that's what a good parent does if you love your child. They push parents to put their kids on puberty blockers to buy them time. I don't know if you've ever heard that. You will, if you haven't yet. To buy them time so they can figure out their true identity. Well, that's a cruel trick. Because a study out of Rehe University at Amsterdam, which followed gender dysphoric children who were socially affirmed as transgender and then put on puberty blockers, so not even cross-sex hormones yet. So they were socially affirmed. Everybody around them lied to them. Oh, you really are a girl. And um, put on puberty blockers so they could buy time to decide. This study revealed something horrifying. Not one of the children ever grew out of their sex confusion. So remember what the APA says, that up to 98% of children will grow out of their confusion. But this study suggests that when you socially affirm them as the opposite sex and then put them on puberty blockers, none will ever grow out of it. Puberty blockers don't buy them time to choose their sex. It makes the choice for them. Parents are being manipulated. Remember, they're suffering too. They're vulnerable too. And the bully's ultimate trump card is suicide. Parents are told they must affirm and they must do all of it or they will lose their child to suicide. Better to have a trans daughter than a dead son. But what does the evidence say? The only long-term follow-up study is from the Karolinska Institute in Sweden. Researchers, researchers looked at the suicide rate of post-op trans-identified people. And what they found was shocking. The suicide rate remained at nearly 20 times higher than the average. In other words, these poor people did everything the trans ideologues would have them do, even to the point of surgically mutilating their bodies. And still, they're killing themselves at 20 times the rate of the average population. Uh, I'm too, this is triggers too triggery. Sex change does not prevent suicide. Okay, if trans activists wins, win, women and girls stand to lose the most. If men are allowed to identify as women, woman has no meaning. That's why radical feminists are fighting the transgender movement. They call it the erasure of women, and they're absolutely right. I've worked in the pro-life movement for 25 years. I've never worked so closely with feminists, lesbians, as I do now. We are all fighting together against this movement. Because if we're not allowed to call someone a pregnant woman, if we have to say pregnant person, if we have to say birthing person, uh, in the words of President Biden's new budget plan, then we are literally, quite literally, erasing women. But it's more than that, of course. Because the trans movement demands that biological males have access to all girls' private spaces, not just bathrooms, but dressing rooms and showers and hotel rooms on overnight school trips, and of course, no notice to parents, parents are the enemy. If girls are anxious about sharing these intimate spaces with males, if they feel intimidated or uncomfortable, they have no recourse. To object is to be labeled a bigot. What about girls who have been sexually assaulted and who are sexual assault survivors? Sadly, that's a population that far out exceeds the population of boys who want to identify as girls. These were their safe spaces now being taken away in the name of inclusion and compassion. Will these trans-inclusive policies be exploited by male predators? Of course, they will be. They already have been. 
and the news reports are horrific. This is my friend Natasha Grover uh, in, at a school board meeting in Loudoun County, Virginia, a more rural county. You may have heard, maybe you've heard of this, the news emerging from Loudoun County about the school transgender mandate and the rape in the bathroom. The story is almost unbelievable. So this, this picture was taken just before the Biden Justice, Justice Department declared war on parents. You know about that, right? Calling us domestic terrorists for uh, protesting at school board meetings. Well, their chief example is, a, is an ang angry dad in Loudoun County who was, was escorted out of a meeting back in June this summer, a meeting in which parents were mocked for protesting these transgender mandates. And now what do we learn? This dad was in line to accuse the school board of covering up the rape of his daughter. Forcible sodomy in a Loudoun County public school bathroom by a boy wearing a skirt. Now, the facts of this incident are coming out, but what we now know is the school knew about, the, the claim was made, the school transferred the kid to another school where he assaulted another girl in a bathroom. As of a few days ago, one of these hideous school board members has resigned, yay, and the superintendent is now admitted that he probably hasn't handled it the best way. So anyway, the school board lied and covered it up. Covered it up. Ah. So who's going to win the sports trophies if the taller, stronger males are allowed to compete against females? Who's going to get the scholarships? Who's going to have the careers in sports? Trans bullies don't care about fair. This is Rachel McKinnon. He steals gold medals in women's cycling championships. He calls himself a human rights crusader, and he calls his critics transphobic bigots. This is Hannah Mouncey, a six-foot three-inch, 220-pound giant who plays women's rugby and breaks women's legs in the process. Transgenderism is a total fraud. It wraps, wraps itself in fake science and scorns all true science that doesn't further its political goals. Biology is bigotry, they say. It speaks of safe environments and enforces open the private spaces of women and girls to biological males, including predators, exposing them to injury on the sports field as well. It calls for non-discrimination and then discriminates against women and girls by robbing them of sports victories, scholarships, and careers. It calls itself progressive, but acts like a retrogressive tyrant, especially when it comes to the freedom of speech. And worst of all, it preaches tolerance and acceptance and yet, it tells kids to reject their own bodies, even to the point of self-mutilation. Today's sex ed is anti-human, I argue. It goes against what is best for the human person. And of course, it's a lie. The truth is, every child is born in exactly the right body. Institutionalized, politicized sex education can never replace a healthy dialogue between parents and their children about the goodness and beauty of married love. Every person is made in God's image and likeness, unique and unrepeatable. We are created for each other, male and female, by God's design to cooperate with him in creating new life. And marriage is a great good for all mankind, not just for the people in it because it produces strong families, which are building blocks of society. The family is attacked not because it is weak or old-fashioned or out of style, 
but because it is a powerful and protective force for human good by God's design. These are the lessons that children deserve to learn. They deserve so much better, and parents deserve respect. I'll end with just a few practical ideas for what parents can do. Some ideas. There's more. <laughs> Get out now. This book was written by my friend Mary Hassan and Teresa Farnan. And to state the obvious, get out. If it's at all possible, get out now. Private schools are being founded by smart parents and churches with a vision for better education. Homeschooling has nearly doubled in the last 18 months because of COVID. Parents who thought they could never do it are finding that, yes, they can. But we have to face reality. Even with this change, the needle hasn't really moved. Only a tiny fraction of American children go to private schools. Only a tiny fraction of American children are homeschooled. The vast majority of American children, over 80%, around 84% now, still go to public schools. And that's going to be the way it is for the foreseeable future. And we have to face this reality. And what this means is that most of our future teachers Sheriffs, college professors, governors, presidents will come from the ranks of these public school educated children. Public schools are, in the words of one Harvard professor, or I think it might be Yale, anyway, he's liberal, but he knows, he gets it. He says public, public schools are the, quote, sites for the creation of American identity, end quote. How scary is that? This is a quote attributed to Lincoln, and I used to say this all the time because I love it so much until somebody said, I don't, we're not really sure Lincoln said this. So I haven't been able to nail this down. So now I say, as Abraham Lincoln is credited with saying by some, the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of the government in the next. Wow. So pulling our kids out of public school is not enough because the very future depends on what is happening right down the street at our local schools. So we have to stay involved. One idea is to start a sex ed re re review group. Um, parents and grandparents in Fairfax County, I think they're all Catholic actually, but they don't really talk about that. They formed a group to review all 80 hours of sex ed lesson lessons every year. And they create a flyer with ratings for each. Um, so the website, it, they love to help other counties uh, start groups like this. Their website is called parentandchild.org, parentandchild.org. They're so um, sensible, these people. I'm kind of a hothead, but they are very, they're very um, diplomatic. They're very careful. They footnote everything. They don't make, they don't do anything except include quotes of actual lessons and then just caution parents you know, I'm out there like starting fires and ah, but they're like, you might want to look at grade, you know, ah, and you notice as the age gets older, you know, but there are a couple of green lessons that they would recommend the parents, you know, they recommend to parents. Anyway, this is a great model, great model. Um, attend school board meetings. I'm telling you, I have to say, you know, my life changed the most when um, I became Catholic right after law school. And then it changed a lot when I married Austin. But in my professional career, it was something of an awakening for me to attend that first school board meeting. I really became, dare I say, I don't even want to say it because I don't know if this is being taped. Anyway, it lit a fire under me and I, I feel compelled to fight these people. And so that's why I'm so happy to have an opportunity like this to talk about what's going on. Um, you will be, you attend a school board meeting. You're paying for it. 
you're paying for it. In my county, 54% of my property taxes go to these people. And it's, it's pretty much, that's where most of it is, most of the funding comes from. So you are paying for it. You deserve to know what's going on. And when you find the good people on your school board, go up and introduce yourself and thank them. They're always outnumbered. Um, it was, we, we would try to get just even a handful of people there to kind of sit and just smile at the good guys and even text, you're doing great, hang in there, you know. It helps them so much. Um, and maybe you want to run for school board. Uh, the last time I checked, this could have changed because I've had to check out a little bit and what's exactly going on. Not one of our school board members um, had children in the public school system. Of course not. They like to experiment on other people's children. Okay, run for school board. Okay, fight for your school's culture. Now, Gender Sexuality Alliance clubs are popping up everywhere. They used to be called Gay Straight Alliance, and now it's called Gender Sexuality Alliance clubs. These are poisonous. Now, these are being promoted. These are being promoted by the um, National Education Association. In fact, I just read that the NEA is giving, like, throwing money at schools that start these start these clubs. Now, these clubs are. Uh, a terrible place for the indoctrination and recruitment. And I have a dear friend who, whose daughter joined one of these clubs. And so my friend wanted to know what's going on at these clubs. And when she came, she said, I want to attend the GSA um, meeting today. I'll just sit in the back. And the principal said, no, no, no parents allowed. Wow. And so my, my friend said, no, my daughter's a member. I'm going. <laughs> and the principal said, well, finally, she wore the principal down. And the principal, well, I'll, I'll escort you there. Like, whatever. So she, But the parent had to have a principal escort into the GSA meeting. Anyway, but so these, these GSA clubs, the reason why the left loves them so much is that once they get rooted in your school, they can dominate school culture. Oh, the GS club is sponsoring this, that, and now we have to have everything in the hallway and whatever. So, and notice this poster I like particularly because it's a public school teacher, Mrs. Pachico, hosts this one. Come on down to her classroom. Hang out, eat candy. So, let's get creative and help our children and their friends start all the other clubs that will have a more positive impact on the school. Like, how about a biology club? Or a kindness club? Or how about a candy club without the propaganda? Just come have candy. Why not? You've been listening to an edited version of Parents Fight Back, Radical Sex Ed in Schools from Kathy Roos, who spoke at the 2021 Gospel Life presentation in Colorado. This is the second of two parts. Respect Life Radio is produced by Catholic Charities in the Archdiocese of Denver. And remember, you can listen to all of our shows at respectliferadio.com.